welcome everyone to The Spoken Nerd, the podcast about database technology. I'm your host, Connor McDonald, and a little bit of a change of pace in this episode. I've just got back from the K-Scope conference in Dallas, Texas, and during that conference, as well as giving some presentations, I found some time to catch up with a Apex developer and ODTUG committee member, Jackie McElroy. You'll need to excuse the audio quality as we were situated in a giant echoey boardroom, but hopefully you enjoy the content and catch up with what it means to be an Apex developer as well as a cherished community member. On with the show. There comes a moment at the end of a conference when you get two parties that have spoken nonstop for about three or four days and you think, what a great time to talk and more for 20 minutes or so in terms of a podcast. Not the smartest decision I've ever made, but not to worry, Jackie McElroy, <laughs> thank you for being on this episode. Thank uh, you. How's your conference been going so far? Fabulous. Like, I'm so excited to be back. Just face to face. Face to face, seeing all my Apex family, seeing my database family, everybody's here. We can give each other hugs. How long has it been? When's the last time you went to a conference? I've actually been to a conference just a couple of months ago, but in Europe. So I'm much smaller. We went to Apex World. I went to Apex okay. Alpha Adria. Um, but yeah, this is the first big one. It feels like family reunion. Apex World, is that one on the SS Rotterdam? It used to be. Did, oh, this, this year year. it was at the um, K in VB. I'm going to get the... the <laughs> Some long Dutch thing. It was a, a, a soccer facility for the for the Netherlands okay. team. So, oh, wow. very cool, but not the boat. Oh, <laughs> I've done the boat once. Tell me about Apex Alpha. Oh, sorry, Apex Alpha Adria. <laughs> Alpha Adria, only because I've done Apex World, I've done Apex Connect, but never done that one. So it's it's really cool. It's a short conference, so it's it's one day conference. Um, it rotates between Austria, Slovenia, and Croatia, so really regional, and um, it's run by Alias Mali, Peter Ragnich, and Dario. Um, but yeah, they completely organize this. It's, it's very inexpensive to go to. I think it's like thirty-five euro. Because it's, it's, it's only been about well pre-COVID. It's only been going for a few years, hasn't it? So it's really recent. I think so I think there were two before COVID and one just recently afterwards. And yeah, about it's grown every year. I think post-COVID they had pre-COVID numbers again, so it was really quite big. Oh, it's cool. And it, just the vibe of it is really nice. It's like a European homecoming of Apex people. So. As I said, we've been talking non-stop. In fact, you had a session this morning. How did it go? I think it went well. I had one of my favorite people hosting with me or presenting with me, Jorge. So Jorge's like my Apex mentor from a long time ago, so I love the opportunity to do anything with him, and he makes me feel more comfortable so that I'm more comfortable speaking. And yeah, like I think it went well. It's a topic that I'm passionate about because it's the Apex community, so it's a fun presentation. But yeah, we change it up a little every time we give it. So. Speaking of long-term mentors, I did the prerequisite LinkedIn trawling before no. we, before we did our podcast episode. Oh, no. And and but uh, but I was looking it, as far as I can work out, you've almost you're almost coming up to nearly twenty years of Apex. Is that right. about right? That's frighteningly scary, but yes. So, so how how did you first get involved in Apex? By complete coincidence. So I worked at Raytheon, which is defense contracting, at doing C++ Java code. And randomly one day, a manager was like, we need to build a user interface for this cool thing we're doing. 
Um, we have an Oracle database and they have this free tool. It, I think it's Apex 3.2 or something like that. And we just need someone to learn it and throw something together and we'll decide if we can use it. And I had just finished my like tickets. We had like some year of tickets system. I was like, I don't know how they're gonna do, I'll do it. I'm not a database developer, never done SQL PLC in my life up to that point and then got thrown in to that. I loved it immediately because it was declarative, right? And I could do things. But then I also had a great DBA who I got to these parts where it's like, I have to write some code here that I don't know what I need to write. And he he sat me down and he was like, this is how you data model. So your, your page needs to be built on top of a, a table or some that sort is. of data. So this is how the whole database works. And if you, you write your queries like this, and he taught me how to draw it out. So to this day, I still draw out my Data Do you models. remember his name? Her name? Yes, Terry Porter. Terry Porter, he's, shout out to Terry Porter, yes, you're a legend. He's amazing. And he's the reason that like it clicked for me because I needed that database side in order to be a good Apex developer. So yeah, um, I continued there for a few years, developed their Apex applications, became the owner of that Apex stuff, and then moved on to Incatech to do Apex completely. Since then, it's been only Apex. Oh, wow. So in terms of that, in that 20 years, I, I mean, I've been involved with Oracle, but it's more database side of things. So you're probably a better person to comment. How have you seen the growth of Apex over that, that time scale? Like, has it been linear or has it just gone nuts recently? Or, or what are your thoughts? No, it's completely, it's not linear at all. Like, I mean, when I first got introduced into like being with, at Incatech and then solely Apex, of course I saw an uptick in my own personal world because I was an That's island job before, was. right? And so then I was with people and then my first inclusion of the community, but yeah, interest in like Apex consulting and Apex in general has like in the last couple of years skyrocketed, like the curve exponential, right? And it's amazing to see, like it makes it, my heart happy. It's, it's the same, I know internally, I, I can't remember the exact number, but like we've got something like, don't quote me on this, something like a hundred open spots that we're trying to fill. Right. Because and we've got so many Apex apps that we need to write, so. And you can't find them. The developers are busy and. A good friend of mine, I'm not sure if you, do you know Scott Wesley? You know the name? I, I do, I met like, him once. He uh, came to Case Code. That's right, yeah, he's a, uh, he lived in Perth with me. I know he's working in for WA Police. I'm not sure if I'm meant to say the name. He's, <laughs> he's currently working for WA Police, but they're doing a um, migration project of a project that I worked on before I joined Oracle. And that was a very large Oracle Forms project hundreds and hundreds of forms. And they were always talking about modernizing to a brand new platform. And they suddenly realized, I said, well, why don't we just re-engineer the stuff in Apex? And that's that's why he's there as, as the that's resident awesome. expert. Yeah. So uh, he's in for a, a long road of fun re-engineering re that. No. <laughs> Good luck, Scott. Speaking of growth, uh, we met for the first time in, I think it was an Apex event, Probably 2017, 18, something. Had to have been somewhere. My first Casecope was in 2017, so. Mine was in 2019. I've only been to one Casecope before so, this So yeah, one. I'm not sure exactly where I, we met. I think but. it might have been, maybe Apex Connect in Dusseldorf? No, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I remember a selfie with you and uh, Andrea from Romania. So yes, yes, yes. Of, yes, of yes. that, of that mm -hmm. time frame. So <laughs> we, spoke about, we spoke about Apex growth, but in terms of your growth, like when I met you there, think you are maybe helping out on a booth or just maybe an attendee of some description. And then I've seen like in the last couple of years when I've seen you, you've always been speaking at an event. And now 
you're sort of the apex chair, you're organizing staff, you're active in the user group, you're on the ODTUG board of directors. Um, has that always been your plan, that, that sort no. of that spiral of personal <laughs> growth? Or like, did I, you have these set out in goals or is it just fallen into it? I'm, or? A, I'm a notorious non-planner when it comes to personal goals. So my philosophy, I mean, and that's part of how I got into Apex, right? Like my philosophy is take things as they come. Um, doors will open if they're supposed to open and not, you know, life happens as it's supposed to happen. So every time something, I have a problem saying no, I had this ribbon today that's like really long that I'm wearing on my neck, but each one of those things is a job that I'm doing. And I will say yes to as many as I can, just to take the opportunity to use it to grow. And so no, I did not plan any of that. I was fortunate to have opportunities to do these things. and. I've loved it. I can't say I'm great at all of them, but I'm open to improving them and growing as a person. So, Although, I know you say it's sort of just, things have just fallen in your path. When I look at them, they all seem very, very community driven. Yes. You know, whether it's presenting, whether it's even just attending an event, but obviously you're targets, et cetera. Um, is that a conscious focus that you're, are, are you driven by community things or is it just being luck that they'd come your way or, or no, that's... How, how do you see your place in the community? I, well, I'll give you a little background. When I worked at Raytheon and I was an island of Apex, we didn't even have Google, we were a closed environment. So I was very much on my own. So the thing that opened up to me when I moved to a place like Incatech and was able to have a team of Apex people was the Apex community and I fell in love with it, right? So these people that are just willing to share information and um, go to conferences and learn and help each other I was like, this is amazing, like, I love this. So those choices, maybe I say yes to more things involving the community just because I wish I had it sooner in my own growth. Um, so I do anything I can to keep these things going. And That's similar to me many, many years ago. I won't say how long ago. <laughs> um, I was working uh, for a large mining company in Perth and they were probably one of the big Oracle customers. And because of that, you you stroke your own ego. Um, you sit there and you're going, well, I'm working on some of the bigger databases in Australia, therefore, I know everything there is to know. And uh, my partner at the time said, let's go traveling in England because Y2K was coming around. Well, we both had EU passports, so we could work in, in the EU. And we thought, you know, easy money, great way to see the world. And that was one of those great humbling experiences when I met every place I worked, I met people who were doing more sophisticated stuff with the database, with less money, less servers, less resources. Um, and in fact, the thing that got me involved in community first was a guy named Dave Ensor, who was a, a legend of the Oracle community in perhaps a, a bygone generation, uh, came and did a talk on the 20 most common mistakes you make with your database. And I went along to this user group event. And he starts off with the first one, and, and I, as I ticked off all 19, that I was making 19 of the top 20 mistakes, I thought, maybe I need to learn a little bit more. <laughs> and, and it was community driven. That's when I first got into, um, in the UK OUG, they used to call them SIGs, okay, yeah. special interest groups. And so I went to some SIG events as an attendee, and then did a few presentations, and, and yeah, and it's the same thing. It's, you realize that no matter how focused you are, if you're in an island, you never see the whole picture. Right, yeah. and just so much knowledge and That's things cool. to learn, yeah. Speaking of islands and little islands, once again, LinkedIn trawling. As I look through the employment history, we have Garland, Texas, Irving, 
Texas. Dallas, Texas. Uh, there seems to be a common theme. <laughs> Are we born in Texas? I was not. But I don't like to admit it very often because most Texans, I've been here a long time. I've been here since I was five. So I consider myself Texan. I was born in Oklahoma. There's a oh, bit of a rivalry Oklahoma. there. Yeah, I know, right? I think we need to terminate this. <laughs> so, this is what normally happens to So I try not to tell anybody. But I've been here since I was five, so it's my home. I don't know. And you're obviously very drawn to it. So what, what do you love about Texas? Um, That's a broad question. It is right a broad question. <laughs> no, well, it's one of those things where it's all I know. Well, until you start traveling, that's all you know. I grew up in West Texas, which was like desert and heat and worse than this. And then I moved to Dallas because of jobs. It's where I lived there were tech jobs, right? So I moved six hours away um, to Dallas. Uh, but my family lives in Houston, which is more tropical. So it's a varied place. There's something, a little bit of everything, minus the snow in Texas. Um, but yeah, and everybody's friendly. Like I travel places now and I always smile at people and make eye contact when I walk, walk around on the street. And I've learned that other cultures do not do that <laughs> and I am a crazy person so but that's that's the same I find one of the things I love coming to the United States almost anywhere in the United States is um, everyone's very verbose and, and I mean that in a positive way it's like everyone will happily give you the time of day uh, if you're ever stuck or lost you know you never have to ask someone mm -hmm. if, you, if you're sitting there looking confused someone will tap you on the shoulder and go can I help you yeah uh, and certainly in Australia if people talk about Australia being the, the nation of friendly people but in reality, I think it's a reputation because Australians that travel are much more open to being friendly. But ah. Australians back home, it's a little bit more the London style of you walk down the street, you look at your feet, you know, you, you sort of don't interact. That's why, funnily enough, even though I have a nice pair of noise cancelling headphones when I travel, the, the um, proliferation of things like AirPods and stuff, I yeah. think just isolates us because everyone has their, they get in their own little, little world. Yeah, their own bubble. But going back to Texas, last night you took us out to a, uh, a lovely barbecue place, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, my, my stomach is still paying the price for consuming a cubic meter of, of solid protein, but exactly. it was fantastic food. Where does the Texan love of barbecue come from? I don't know. I am equipped to answer that question, but it's everywhere. <laughs> is, 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 I mean, I, I, mean I think last night we were talking about like the, the the covered wagon, chuck wagon thing. And I think it's just like cowboy food, right? So it's meat. It's, you're bringing in the herd. Exactly. It's like it. you have the source and you're using it and you it's all done with, on fire. You start, you start with a hundred head of cattle and now there's 99. You it's don't like. get there with all of them. But yeah, I think, I think that if I had to guess, I would say it came from cowboys and fire and yeah, like, I'm not, I don't cook barbecue myself. <laughs> you just get someone else I just, and then you just hand the money and it was a fantastic meal. Uh, you work for United Codes. I do. And the last time I saw you at a conference, there was a United, there wasn't a United Codes. There Ooh, was that's a true. company called AOP, Apex Office. No. no? Company is called Apex R&D. Product is called Apex, Apex Office. My apologies. It's an enormously popular product, the, the Office Print product. It's used extensively within Oracle. And mm -hmm. Oracle, a company that always has a reputation of, we would much rather build something ourselves than utilize someone else's. Um, what, what do you attribute the success to? The fact that it's in, you know, such an in-demand product? I think um, the, Dimitri Helis created the product. And he has been an Apex developer from day one. 
and he's just so knowledgeable about what an Apex developer needs to make their life easier. And he poured that in to the product and we still, as we develop, we try to make sure that we have features that people actually want to use yes. and that help them. We try to say we help people become rock stars in their daily life, right? You can hopefully spend just a few minutes with AOP and make something that's completely impressive and blows people's minds and it's easy and quick and for an Apex developer, like completely integrated. And it's like the, the, the time on it, I, I always, someone once told me a manager, they said, um, unsuccessful products are a solution looking for a problem and successful products are a solution to a problem exactly and yeah it's always helping people with the things that frustrate them yeah life. with each of our products that's it all stemmed from our own consulting or our own apex development and something we had to do repetitively repetitively and like how could we make something that so you just said repetitively repetitively exactly. <laughs> so yeah we just try to solve our own problems and then we're like well other people need this too so productize <laughs> in terms of products at the company uh, well, so what what's uh, what started the morph from apex R&D to United codes so we started getting more products under our belt um, maybe not publicly but internally working on different things and it United codes is we felt like apex R&D was really apex specific and a lot of our solutions are restful and can be used from any technology so we, while we make things really easy for Apex developers, anyone could use AOP. And we wanted to try and expand that. And also in consulting, like sometimes the customer wants, they want a solution to a problem. They don't care what that solution is written in and whether it's, they're not gonna go searching Apex firms. So we just wanted an umbrella that like incorporated our values and what what we're doing and what we want to put forward in the world and we, we came up with United Codes for the better or worse that's what it, it turned into and um, yeah we slowly were transitioning the branding all the products remain the same name but the logos changed the colors have changed and they have United Codes on them now so I know you've built recently a multimedia set of facilities Amy um, how's the take up of that because I know one of the things that's caused some consternation in the Oracle community is the fact that due to licensing issues we had to um, take out our multimedia components exactly. in our database. We had some third-party things that needed to be sorted out, some security dramas that we couldn't fix without getting third parties involved. So it just got very, very hard for Oracle. But I know people said, oh, you know, the codes have taken up the slack. Has there been a strong take-up for that? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so much so that we've incorporated into AOP. So one of our licensing packages with AOP, you get Amy as well. And it makes it even easier because it's you know, set up so much. But Yes, like that again, because of that deprecation, we it was another problem that we were facing That's in our right. own projects. Like we have to do something else now, so why not make it something that everyone else can use? And yeah, in Oracle's own documentation now, it says go yeah, to Apex Media Extension. It's yeah. one of the things we put in there. So we've talked about various pieces of tech and the like. So I'm going to cycle back to presenting because okay. we often present mm -hmm. on tech. Um, you're now. You know, gained a lot of experience presenting. What what advice would you have for anyone that's thinking about getting into presenting? They're, they're thinking, this is a way of getting involved in the community, but they're like, oh my goodness, it's presenting. It's standing up in front of a group of people and getting, you know. No, this are the exact feelings I said every time I do it. But it's, I try to look at it like I have public speaking fears. I don't, I'm great in small groups, one-on-one, -on -one, 
I like training people. Um, but yeah, when there's people, when I'm separated from an audience, I feel a lot of anxiety. So the reason I do it and I would just tell other people to do it is it, it opens so many doors for you. Whether you're, I mean, everyone has to start somewhere and I'm still growing. Like we've talked recently, like about things I can do to improve. And I know I'm like, I still have growth ahead of me there, but you have to do it. And I mean, my best advice is just try it. Like you'll see, um, the reason I keep doing it is the feeling when it's over and people come up to you and they're like, even if it wasn't my best presentation, even if I know, like I, didn't wasn't funny because enough or like wasn't entertaining there are people that come up to you and like this is exactly what I needed like I now know I understand this one thing better and like that's worth it to me like if I can help somebody learn yeah. it's it feels it, it really touches good. someone yeah although pros and cons I tweeted this this morning oh no, <laughs> no, no nothing about your presenting <laughs> I did a presentation yesterday and this guy came up to me at the bar last night he goes hi I'm so-and-so just attended your talk, just thought I'd let you know I really enjoyed it. And yeah, being an idiot, I, I, I puffed up my chest and I was like, I was, yeah, I could feel my head expanding to fill the room as, as, my, as my ego grew. And then he goes, oh, what are you drinking? And I said, I'm having a gin and tonic. He goes, oh, that's an old man's drink. <laughs> that's what I drink. And I, and I was like, oh, so that, that was a very rapid way of bringing myself back down to the end of the ground. So the pro, pros and cons oh. of having <laughs> Pros and cons of having people come up to you after the, the session. But um, you said you're most accomplished in, in small groups and we've just been chatting in a group of two and I think our listeners will be very agree that you are extremely accomplished, at least in this group of two. <laughs> one on one, I'm okay. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you very much for your time and um, yeah, all the best for the rest of the conference and, and thank you for Odie Tung in particular and you're a representative of thank the, you. this and fantastic Thank you for event. being here. Good. It's thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast. The music credit goes to Zan Man from Pixabay Music.